Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Well, hey, girl, hey, how's it going in Cali today? It's going good, except for the big knot on my forehead. Hey, <laughs> y'all, I know you can't see it, but Christina has been bitten between her eyebrows. So she's coming to you with three eyes today. So uh, very, very I'm large. I'm going to try not to laugh at that. I'm going to try my best. But I'm super stoked for today's show because I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I, this woman... I first noticed on social media, particularly on Instagram, and I'm like, I have to know more about this woman. She is fascinating and inspiring and just a woman who's living a life on fire is the way I would describe her. Isn't that the way you felt, Christina? Yeah, I I really felt like she was out of the box and uh, we we share something in common. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, it's always nice to have a commonality with the guests that come on. And I don't think she knows what we share in common, but we'll, we'll get into the uh, My we'll commonality the is <laughs> I'm totally down with her style and fashion too. Yes. You know, I oh, love yeah. some style and fashion. She wears green all the time. I've got on my green representing today. So let's welcome her. She is a, I want to make sure I get this right, a midlife psychotherapist and master life coach. So welcome coming to us all the way from Turkey today, Star Monroe. Welcome to the show, Star. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here with you both. Yay. I'm just going to th- go ahead and say it's going to be funny to have our listeners try to adjust their ears between my accent and your accent. And <laughs> <laughs> I hope that we may have to do translation of some kind. So Star, the first question we have for you is I want you to tell us about your life now. And then we're going to go back to how we got here because you live a pretty darn glamorous life right now. Okay. Um, so my life now, um, what am I? I'm 51. Um, I got my divorce papers through from my second marriage two weeks ago. I was married to an American. Um, and this year I decided to leave the UK and move to Turkey. So right now, actually, you said that uh, well, I'm in Turkey, but I'm not. I'm, I've already bamboozled you. I'm in the UK. So I came back for a brief. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm back in the UK just for a little bit to to check up on my son. He's 23 and uh, I'm almost my daughter-in-law is here as well. So I'm just checking in on them, uh, doing a couple of things with my business. And then I'm going to go back to Turkey. Um, So, and I'm, I'm basically, I'm simplifying my life. I'm divesting myself of my house. I've actually decided to uh, let my son and his uh, girlfriend live here so they can take over my house in the UK. Um, And then, 
I will live in a tiny little apartment um, in Turkey, in Fethiye. I'm on the coast um, in the south. And I run VIP retreats. I bring women out there and look after them for five days, five nights. Um, and that is my life. I also have like an online membership for midlife women. So all my business is online. And I've decided to... At the beginning of the year, I noticed that I was working all the time. So I was just like, work, work, mm. work, work, work. Everything was work. And I was like, fuck, where's my work-life balance? And I didn't have any. And what I find is when I'm in the UK, I just work all the time. And it's, I know it's a pattern of mine. But when I'm in Turkey, like I'll work, but I will shut the laptop. I will get on my bike. I'll go to the beach. I'll go and sit and have a coffee. I'll go and talk to someone in the, in the old town. I just have such a better lifestyle. And that's what I've been, oh, I just like, I've wanted this for so long. And I got a feeling this is my next step into whatever's going to come next as well. So I'm very excited. Okay, we have that to is, dive into a few things there. Yeah, yeah. we're already like so fascinating. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I don't want them to think you've just been sitting around the UK and then moved to Turkey because you spent a large portion your your year last year in Mexico, right? Or was that the oh, year before? L- well, no, no, that was last year. But I was in LA last year, um, and also Tulum in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So just so y'all get the picture here, Ch- Chick moves around a lot and Chick is exploring the world. Also, there's these yeah. beautiful fashion type photo shoots that you do with these beautiful, gorgeous dresses and beautiful, exi- beautiful exact locations. I mean, everybody's not doing that star. I'm, I'm, I'm not going out tomorrow and doing a fashion <laughs> shoot. So that feels kind of glamorous. So one of the things I decided to do, well, I took all in COVID, before COVID, I was I was transferring all my business, my psychotherapy practice online. Um, and then over COVID, I was I was still exploring myself. I think I'm always going to explore myself until the day I die. I love to dress up. So I used to follow a lot of women on Instagram and I was just like, oh my God, I love them. They're vibrant, they're out there. And so I've always loved style. I've always loved fashion. Um, I'm really good at putting outfits together. I know that now, like I have a really good eye for what goes together and I've been collecting pieces I you know for for the last 10 years I've been collecting pieces in my wardrobe and then I can mix and match them but one of the things I love to do and I know I'm a not um I'm I'm an anomaly because not uh, women will say I don't like my photo taken I love having my photo taken I'm an ex-showgirl an ex-stripper um so I'm used to being a performer used to being like out there um, so I would take, create my own fashion shoots at home and then just use the photos on Instagram when Instagram was a photo app, right? So, um, and that's progressed now to me going, right, well, wherever I am in this world. And it's really funny because just before I got on the call with you, I just booked another photo shoot. <laughs> so wherever I go, I will book a photo shoot. Um, just for me to have amazing photos for me to experience wherever I am in the world because the photographer always knows the area more than me. So this year I did Paris and I did Cappadocia in Turkey. Last year I did Tulum and I just booked a big photo shoot for Venice Beach and uh, Santa Monica because I'm back in the States in three weeks, I think. So, yeah, it's wow. just, I love to do it. It's such a good wow. thing to do. 
You okay, do it well, start, girl. You do I, have I, some pieces. Those dresses that yes. are 20 feet long, I just die every time I see them. I'm fangirling okay. over here. But she has dropped so many other heaters on us. So <laughs> this is amazing. You you were a stripper and a showgirl. Yep. What? A stripper and show. So but in 2003. What? Like showgirl. Woo! Yeah. So, so that was me, my, my show name. And I actually changed my name legally. Uh, my show name was Goddess Star Monroe. And that was the name on my passport. So, um, and over the years, I dropped the goddess and now I'm just, I'm Star Monroe. But in 2003, I was sitting in my kitchen and I just saw an American. It, he was in Crunch in on Hollywood on Sunset Strip and he was teaching this sexy class. And I was like, I can do that. And and within like a month, I did a couple of pole lessons in London and I'd opened up one of the UK's first pole dancing schools and I was rubbish. I could not do anything. I couldn't swing around the pole. But over the 15-year expanse of me doing that, I got really, really good at, stri- at pole dancing, stripping, striptease, burlesque. Um, and I had this school. I had schools all over the place. I had teachers working for me. I've taught thousands upon thousands of women how to really embody themselves in their body um and I retired I think I retired like in my early 40s I was just like I'm done now I don't want to do it uh, I still have a pole upstairs but I I'm if I'm honest with you I'm not really interested in it it was like I'm done um but the thing that I've got from it is I can move my body I'm very expressive I have no hang-ups about my body and I'm the heaviest I've ever been um and it's really taught me just to be in my body and really embrace everything Mm. I've got right now but that's an encouragement. Like, I just want to tell you, like, that's a super encouragement to a lot of women around the world. Like, not to say that, hey, you need to go take a stripper class or whatever, but I'm just saying it helps to really say, this is who I am. I want to be comfortable in my own skin because a lot of women don't know how to do that. Hmm. And what I hear you saying, Star, is like, you're just an outpouring of this is me. And this is me being comfortable and you can have it too. Like I I love how you're inviting people in that way, not only through your fashion and through your testimonies, but also through just like be be confident and comfortable. Um, I love that. Even in bikinis. Even in bikinis. (laughs) Teeny weeny bikinis. I, I've never seen anything that has transformed women's confidence than having a group of new women come to me every six weeks and really shy, really self-conscious. And within six weeks, everyone has got their shortest shorts on, their crop tops, doesn't matter what size or shape, but they're all laughing their heads off, like squealing with delight because they're rolling around on the floor being sexy. And I never taught this I never taught these skills for for them to use on a man. I was like, this is for you. This Mm -hmm. is for you. You own this. This is yours. Um, If you want to go and play around and command attention from men, then go do it. But this is purely for you. And I really want you to embody and embrace that. So I love that part especially. Yeah, Yeah, that it's for you and not for other people. So, and what do you suppose that com- where do you suppose that comes from? Just like you, you saying that to people is that from what has happened 
with your life and in your life and the transforming that has happened or occurred? Or is that just because you saw the need? Um, I instinctively did it. And also I've worked with women since I started my first business when I was 18. So, and I've had loads and loads of issues around. I've hated myself so long. You know, I went on a path of self-destruction. I've been an addict, an alcoholic. I went bankrupt. Um, and I true, I'm a woman's woman and I truly believe that I'm here to empower women. I know I am through my experiences, my certifications. So I just went, you're, you're truly okay as you are. Um, and this was a long time ago. This was like 20 years ago. And so I didn't have the experience that I have now. I have the depth of experience, but I was mm. doing it sort of automatically and now I really understand and it's it's getting women past the patriarchal conditioning that there's something wrong with them that they there's something wrong and they need to fix it um or they're not important so this it was a gateway a doorway just back to themselves and I've always always known that the best way to teach any woman is you've got to make them laugh you, you've got to just you've got to be light-hearted and laugh um because then they understand it more when we're really serious and uptight no one wants to learn anything so no I, I love, love that it. I humor is one of my favorite things on the planet I want to go back to you said about talk about being a woman's woman because I think this is where we've, as women, have really gotten it wrong. We have allowed, you know, misogynistic control, you know, in society and politics and medicine and everything to cause us to become competitive with one another in a way that has not helped us or been healthy for us. And we have been some of the biggest you know, problems in that we tear other women down, we're jealous, we're, you know, we act like there's lack, there's lack of jobs, there's lack of men, there's lack of this, lack of people who are beautiful. And I think that's where we've really gotten it wrong as women. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I want to hone in on the lack. And there is a lack. There is a lack of money. There is a lack of jobs. There is a lack of safety. Um, there is a lack of knowledge. So there's, there's a, it's always it's a paradox, isn't it? So it's like there is an also an abundance, but we are living in a time where there is severe lack. So I think that we can't go anywhere unless you look at that. So you've got to unpack that first and really come from that, oh, that's the truth. So for some women, some people, some human beings, they have experienced lack. And I know I did. I went bankrupt. I didn't have enough money. And your mindset changes. So instead of thriving, you're surviving. So I think there's this honoring of where someone is in life as well and for me the older I get it's like this this kindness to afford people it's like we don't know what they're going through we don't know their past experiences and I'm not going to say oh it's an abundant life I don't fucking believe it is abundant life life is uncertain and it's chaotic that's what I believe and I never know what's around the corner my job is to be able to maintain and control myself and control my reactions to everything but if I flip all the way back about this we're pitted against women way back way back way back women were on this hierarchical kind of ladder um, and the thing is that at the top of the ladder was the woman who married the rich man and then she had all the power but the 
man then had uh, a concubine and then he had a mistress and the thing is that is in our generational lineage it's in our DNA and we're still carrying around that now and I was watching I'm watching Downton Abbey at the moment and I'm just like whoa this is only a hundred years ago and the women are still treated as second class citizens and this is only I'm gonna say again a hundred years ago and you cannot change you cannot shift unless you start to honor the generations before you because it is your ancestral heritage and I believe a lot of the women around our age we're breaking the mold we're changing Mm -hmm. the trajectory of what it means to be a woman especially an older woman and the thing is that we have no one to model ourselves on there is no one that we can look up to and go oh my god this is how it is so for us changing things and like really kind of stepping into this more like I'm okay I trust myself I trust life is a big gnarly challenge and this is why you Mm. need people around you to support you um I know your question was kind of directed but I really hope that I kind of covered that in a no I love all that because you you hit on something that we've talked about here on midlife might see in that we've said this is going to be the generation where things change Yes. Um, midlife women are treating midlife differently. We're treating the next mm-hmm. generations differently. We're treating the older generations differently. And we're kind of, I always say, putting our fork in the sand, and this is where it all changes. And, yeah. I, you know, I just think back to what if women, instead of being competitive all these years <clears throat> and being set up in this dynamic, what if a long time ago we had figured it out that supporting each other was the way and lifting each other up was the way? But the thing yeah. is, we have, right? So if you look at the scriptures, you look at the history, women have done that. And the thing is, it's like wherever you, wherever you look, it's like you're always going to get women that are competitive against each other. You're always going to have women that support each other. And that's the paradox of life. You're not going to just get women supporting each other. It's ridiculous to think that that is going to happen. But it's like a whole cornucopia. I was, I'm just going like slightly viral on uh, Facebook at the moment. And the amount of different opinions and uh, perspectives that are coming my way from me just showing up being a woman in midlife and if I was to get really like resentful or react to it all I'm not actually stepping all the way back life is never I get it like women are going to change like we are shifting but the thing is most people are asleep and you can't wake the ones up that do not want to wake up right so I've read books since the the 50s saying that there's a change happening there's a change happening there's a change happening and the thing is it's just like you've got to swim with your crew you've got to find your tribe um and that's the thing is like not not everything is going to be amazing not everything everyone's going to change and I think when you have that perspective then you can really start to look at life in a wider kind of dynamic and then kind of be more accepting that people won't change or people do have a different perspective to you so but I do understand what you're saying but again it's patriarchy and patriarchy is in our DNA and it will pit women against women because when we're fucking right round with her we'll say she's a fucking bitch or she's better than me and the thing is like I can keep unpacking this right because someone is always going to be better than you someone's going to be like less than you but the thing is your ego runs the show and this is why it's mm-hmm. so important to do the inner work to dive in to really figure out 
fuck, that's my shit. I'm projecting that out. But again, it goes back to people are asleep. They don't want to wake up. So this is, again, we live in this whole suit full of different people. And it's just like, oh, okay, then I'm going to do my thing. And then I know I'm going to attract my tribe. You know, I'm going to attract my crew as I go along. And sometimes you don't attract your crew. You attract some weirdos as well. And that's <laughs> why life is Surely uncertain not. and chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Life is uncertain and chaotic. Yes. yes. Right? It, I yes. love that. So it's like... I get it. It's just, I get it. And it's just part well, and parcel. You only have to watch Housewives, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or something. And they're always rowing with each other. Yes. But again, it's scripted. So they get the viewers, but people get hooked on it and they think that's normal behavior. And that's the thing. People think it's normal and it's not normal. So it's like this big matrix suit that everyone is plugged into and it's just not. <laughs> well, I love, I love that you just talked about ego because how many times does the ego take take root in so many situations where we have to say, okay, wait a minute. We have to step back from that situation and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's my ego talking. I just love that you touched on that because I think a lot of times we we tend to stay in that instead of, you know, understanding that that's, that's our stuff. And where's that coming from? Right? Yeah. This I, is, just, this I just love that. Yeah, we've got to do the inner work. And it's not just your mm-hmm. ego. You're going to have all your boo-boos, that, all your pieces <laughs> of psyche that have yeah. had boo-boos since the day you were born and the mm-hmm. generational stuff, that you, the weight that you bring with you when you're born into this world. So you're going to have inner child wounding. You're going to have teenage wounding. You're going to have the wounding that when that boy, first boyfriend or girlfriend left you. And you need to be able to bring all these pieces around the table and sit with them with kindness and compassion otherwise they are going to kick the fuck up and the other thing is you do that with your ego you cannot kick your inner critic to the curb you cannot kick your ego to the curb what you can do is recognize it and then say actually bitch i'm sitting at the head of the table (laughs) and i'm in charge i'm in my fierce have a seat have a seat but the thing is (laughs) sitting in your fierce matriarchal matriarchal energy takes time you've got to learn to really step into maturity and step into the woman that you're meant to be and that takes time that takes um dedication and devotion mm-hmm. well gail always tells me when my ego is coming out because she'll say bitch <laughs> <laughs> i call her jenny from the hood usually jenny comes up that's when, what she'll when- say and it's when you get threatened, when you feel threatened, yeah. Jenny from the hood comes out and you, yeah. you become, mm-hmm. and I think we all have those characters that we think we need pr- to protect us. But Star, mm-hmm. I, I want to go back now because you've, you've alluded to it, but I want to talk a little bit about your past because I think mm-hmm. that's an important part of who you are. This has not been an easy road for you to get to where you are today. So tell us about that. Um, so I remember when I was 11, um, I, I first realized that my body didn't look like the models in Vogue. Um, and I remember reading the Vogue beauty Bible and it said to have, be acceptable, to be attractive. When you stood up, you should have three gaps between your, three, three gaps between your legs, your inner thighs. I don't know where the other two gaps were underneath your knees and then your ankles, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then when you lay down, you should be able to rest and ruler from hip bone to hip bone and slide your hand underneath. So that started me off going, well, I haven't got that. 
Um, so I started on this road of eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. Um, I really did not like my body. I was shy. I was withdrawn. Um, and then at certain periods of my life, because I'm writing my memoirs at the moment, I came out my shell. So at 15, I kind of came out my shell. Um, and then around 16, 17, I just started fucking boys and like equating sex for love. Um, met my first husband when I was 20. I spent my decade, my 20s with him. We divorced in my, in, when I was 30 because I fell out of love with him. And then I started partying again. I just discovered cocaine. I discovered more men. I discovered more women. I was just like, I was just having a whale of a time. But I got addicted. I got hooked on cocaine. So I was doing two grams a day. I was drinking two bottles of wine a day. I was spending all my money. I was fucking off to Vegas. I was going to LA. I was, I was a high performing addict. So I had, the business was booming. I was earning so much money, but I was sniffing it all up my nose. So then I went bankrupt and around 2008, I just, found myself on a hotel floor and what I did was I checked into the hotel from my house because I'd run out of booze, run out of cocaine, got in my car, drove drunk to the hotel so I could carry on drinking. In the morning, I woke up and the thoughts of the night before were, I wonder how I could sniff cocaine. So I just had a nose job. I need someone to blow it up my asshole. And I was like, you're <laughs> fucked. You've got a seven-year-old child. You're not looking after him. You are all over the place. Sort your shit out. And the next week, I just gave everything up and then drove my addictions into bodybuilding. So I went somewhere else with it, but a much healthier addiction. And then since then, I've just kind of been on this kind of upward spiral where I've been, and it's been really challenging, but I've been moving through challenges. I got remarried again. Um, I wanted someone to rescue me. That didn't work because uh, no one can rescue us, only ourselves. But, you know, I went back to school. At 40, I realized, like, I kept making the same mistakes and I was still hung up on my body. And I was like, you need to sort your shit out. So in 2008, I can't remember how old it was, 2008, maybe 37 or 36. Um, and then at 40, I had another epiphany. I was like, right, you need to sort your shit out. So I went back to school, trained to be a psychotherapist, an eating psychology coach, body psychotherapist, uh, relationship therapist. So I just kind of kept training, kept training. And within that decade of my 40s, I set myself up for my 50s because um, I kind of just started to unhook myself from my identities that I'd grown out of um, and the masks that I've had to take on to protect myself against the world. And I say now that I'm still a dickhead, but not such a dickhead, <laughs> right? So I, I'm still I'd a fucking die. dickhead, but I'm just not such a fucking aggressive dickhead because I was really aggressive. <laughs> well, I think when we're living in a place where we're not secure, that brings that out, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, when, yeah definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, you, I heard you say a minute ago about Jenny from the block when you notice Christine's like um, um, ego. It's like they're there for a reason. They are there to protect us. And that's why you can't dismiss them. Because if we took mm -hmm. it away, we're going to feel unsafe. And then that's how we get anxiety and panic attacks and all sorts of weird body stuff. So it's like we've got to kind of go very gently on this journey. And it takes time as well. Like, again, thank you, patriarchy, for bamboozling us and telling us that the quick fix is the holy grail. And there are no quick fixes. It requires, mm. like I said, dedication, devotion and determination to change yourself. Well, it's like the gentle journey. Like that's what I wrote down. Mm. You are, even though your journey was full of chaos, 
to me, the chaos really brought you to this place of, I can, I have a deep un- abiding understanding of what this looks like. So yeah. I'm going to be as gentle as I can through this journey to help you along. I just love that. And I just have to say, I, we, we share that same commonality of addiction. And mm-hmm. girlfriend, can I just tell you, loved me some cocaine, but it took me to places where mm-hmm. you don't ever want to go. So yeah. it's, it's um, I just commend you for that. Congratulations. You. And, for, and also you too. Celebrations yeah. to you too. Yes. yes. I commend you both because it, alcohol and drugs have not been my struggle, but food is one of my struggles. And even though mm-hmm. I don't have a physical addiction to that, I use it in the same ways and for the same reasons that you guys use that. So I don't put myself up on any pedestal because, you know, we all have our things. And I think we all have our mm-hmm. things. And I love to, like, when you're talking about not living in authenticity, I think part of our protective mechanisms that have to kick in is that thought of always being found out as someone's mm-hmm. going to know I'm not this good, I'm not this strong, all the things I'm hiding. And when we start to live more authentically and there's less hidden, then that is such a relief to just take all that that we're carrying around and hiding and just throw it out in the street. And sometimes I'm that way with myself. I'm like, I'm going to say it first before you bitches get a chance to. I'm going to take <laughs> away your power. I know what I am. I know there's some junk in the trunk. I know I talk too much. I know what I am. And, and I know that. I don't need you to tell me and you're not going to run me down with it. So mm-hmm. we know this hasn't been an easy road. and It takes incredible strength to do what both of you have done. Where did you draw the strength and the just guts to change your life, Star? Me. Honestly, people have asked me that throughout my life. It's like, who is it? What is it? And I'm like, it's me. It's me. I truly, this is like a lot of people say the universe. I put everything into the universe. And I'm like, I'm going to go, the universe is inside you, bitch. You are the fucking universe, <laughs> right? You are the universe. You don't put it out. You put it in. So it's like you have like your in, your interiors and if, my interiors inside are all messed up. If I'm carrying around all this baggage, then it's going to be projected out into this world. Mm -hmm. So I believe the world was against me. It was a hard and gnarly place. And I got that in spades. And so for me, it's always like, I can do it. I believe I have the power. I'm sure some superhero said that. But it's like, um, people (laughs) have said, you know, do do you pray to someone? And I'm like, I have, I have... I make my life a moving meditation. It's like I don't necessarily sit and do hmm. meditation, but I realize that when my head is full and I'm overwhelmed, I need to down tools and, I don't know, go and scream in my car or go and masturbate or go to the gym or something like that. I need to just divest myself. But the thing is, it's like it's always been me. And that's why, I mean, in 2015, I taught myself how not to be an alcoholic because I didn't get on with AA because they're your powerless over alcohol I'm like I have the power if I want to change I can change so for me it's always had this inquisitive wandering mind to figure things out in a fun light-hearted way and it's like that determination to stay the course as well and that comes from inside me Um, and I've always been driven but I before I was driving myself away from myself and now I'm driving myself back to myself 
I don't know whether that makes sense. I just made no, that up. No, that makes sense. I <laughs> know that totally makes sense. Yeah, I think we I tell ourselves a lot of lies about the strength mm-hmm. we have and about who we really are. We're we're always looking mm. for the outside salvation, the book, the therapy, the person. Yeah. And I love therapy. So, Therapy's great, but we're always looking for mm. these lifelines. Um, mm. You know, so I think too, there's a difference when we're confident. Like I grew up in a family where I wasn't really ever recognized for who I was as a person. I was appreciated for my achievements And that sounds great. And there are good things about that. But what happened was I became a young woman who only had confidence in certain areas. I wasn't truly confident in my core of who I was as a person. I was only confident in my ability to do certain things. And that became a currency is that if I do things and I achieve, people will love me and respect Mm -hmm. me. So then when you don't achieve or there's a slip up, of course, the the impact of that is feeling unloved and unaccepted. And so I think true confidence, inner confidence is when you, you know, you believe in yourself as a human, as a person, as a being, rather than just what you can do or offer. So it sounds like there was a time that you were probably greatly appreciated for a lot of things, but you, you weren't really connected to your inner self. And so the confidence wasn't coming from a true authenticity with yourself is, do I understand that correctly? Mm -hmm. And so how did you get so confident and how do you stay confident? Because I, it was when I was 40 and I realized I was doing the same things, expecting a different result. And how it was, how it was coming out, what I recognized the patterning was that I kept dieting, but I didn't call it dieting, I called it clean eating. So I'd go on these 12 week transformation programs, lose a bunch of weight, train really hard in the gym, get like this body because I was still really wrapped up in my body was my currency. That's what I was taught from an early age. Um, and I kept doing it and uh, cycling around and around. And I just went, if you keep doing this, that's what you're going to get. So it's like I woke up. And then... Um, I want to ask you something about that. I, I, and I hate to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but this is so important because it's a theory I've had. And it, it really involves young girls. When you said your body was your currency, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is what I, I think is thinking. so dangerous mm-hmm. when we're selling thongs and push-up bras to 12-year-olds. And we're telling them how cute and sexy they are, that once a woman is told that and she sees that that Mm -hmm. has power, then she will run with that. Did you find that to be true? But the thing is, is, well, you're never going to stop this because patriarchy and capitalism are very, very strong. They're dominating forces in our, in our world, right? So the thing is, w- what it has to do, it has to start with ourselves on how we bring up these young girls and boys because th- we look at the world through the male gaze. So women are object- objectified and women are sexualized. Men's not. We're not. And the, the way that you see it is women can't walk around with their breasts out because they're sexy or they're sexualized, right? So, but men can walk down the street with their top off, no problem, go for run, whatever. But the thing is, this is so deeply rooted into our society. And I honestly, honestly don't believe in my lifetime I'm ever going to see the change that where women don't 
um, well, there is a change happening and it's becoming more and more, but women know that their value can be on their looks. So they're monetizing it. You only have to see on TikTok or on OnlyFans, women are like, fuck you, I'm going to earn money out of this. And I would advocate for that. I'm like, you do it, right? Flipping you the have, script. You have these looks. Yeah, flipping the script. I'm going to own this and I'm going to earn money out of this. Um, but the thing is, it's, I think when you do it from a place of, yeah, I have these great looks, I'm going to make money out of it, and you can hold yourself whilst you're doing it, then that's great. And we never know whether someone can do that because we're not in anyone else's shoes. But we are unfortunately living in a world which sexualizes and objectifies women's bodies. It's been going on forever. And I would, you know, it's going to carry on doing it. We start it when they're very young. We tell young girls how Mm -hmm. cute they are. You're so cute, you know, and exactly. Don't do that to boys. You go, what do you say to boys? You're so strong. You're so tough. You're a good athlete. So strong. You're so smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is changing. It is changing. But the thing is, I'm going to be really horrible, but you've got all the generations above us that are still wrapped up in that. So they need to die off, right? They need to go (laughs) off the planet. So again, we rise to the top and that's how change happens, right? So it's, can you see how slow the process is? So you need the oldies to go, but you know, you only have to look into, into my country and all the people that voted for Brexit and you know, your country and there's loads of stuff going on, but you're always going to have these trains of people that are like dogmatic about stuff. So again, it goes back into that we're not going to change everybody. But I do believe, you know, as these oldies die off and we rise to the top and then we die off, there's every generation brings with it a new fresh perspective yeah, on perspective. how yeah. we move through. Yeah, definitely. And I think if I'm hearing you clearly, because I want to really differentiate this, I think there's a difference in knowing that you have something to offer with your body, your looks, or some talent or skill you have, then thinking that is your value. And that's what I really had to see in young girls when they become, you know, sexualized at an early age. They think that is their value and often will think it's their only value because they'll go down that rabbit trail. So uh, I love the separation of that. There's nothing wrong with appreciating your looks getting paid for your looks. I mean, if someone would pay me to to wear the clothes you wear, just call me up. I'm in South Carolina. I'll be right over. Um, so yeah. And the OnlyFans thing has become fascinating that Christina and I laugh all the time about the pictures of the feet. I'm like, nobody's paying me to see my oh, feet. I ain't gonna my, happen. I have friends, I have friends that are on uh, OnlyFans and they, that's what they do. They show their feet, their husbands yeah. help them and they're making money. I'm like, I don't think anybody exactly. wants to see my feet. But you know what? I think this is a good time for a break. Let's hear a word from those supporting our show. We'll be right back. Hey, Christina, it's Gail. I've got a question I've got to ask you. All right, what's up? How's your mojo? Oh, my mojo's not that great lately. You know, this menopause thing can really cause a hit on our mojo, don't you think? Yes, totally. Between hot flashes, the wrinkles, the hair loss. If there were only some products that were specially meant for us as menopause women, that'd be amazing, don't you think? Yes, it would be awesome. Well, guess what? I just heard about some new products. I received them from Mojo Wellbeing, and they are amazing. They have serums for that wrinkly skin, 
They have a hot flash cooling spray, and they even have a brand new hair growth serum. Because I didn't even know that hair loss was a part of menopause. Oh my gosh. And so I'm super excited to hear that there's companies doing something about this and that they're hearing our needs. You know, we talk about that a lot here on Midlife Moxie. So guys, go over to mojowellbeing.com. That's mojo, M-O-J-O, wellbeing.com. And use the code MOXIE15 to save on any of these great products designed especially for menopause age women. Welcome back to Midlife Moxie. Today, we're talking with Star Monroe. Oh my gosh, is she a force to be reckoned with or what? She's a midlife psychotherapist and a master life coach. And her life story, I I just can't wait for the book because just the tidbits we find (laughs) out every time we talk with you just are, I I mean, this this is a movie. This is definitely a movie. So I want to talk about how you stay confident because my theory is that there are always things around to, I think of it almost like a bank account. You put things in that help you to be more confident, but there's always things that can be a ding to your confidence that can, you know, divorce your husband cheating on you, um, someone saying something ugly, a failure in a business or something. There's always things that seem to, you know, take withdrawals from our account of confidence. So how do you keep your confidence so high, Star? Um. I think it's for me, it's less confidence. It's more trust. I trust myself and I trust life. Right. So it's, it's, it's less Mm. confidence, more trust. So if, if your listeners haven't read the book, it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I would highly recommend they listen. I'll read that book. It is a great way of establishing better ways of you showing up in the world. So years ago, when I gave up the Coke, one of the first things that I did, and I called it at the time, the magic three. And I was like, what are the three things I can do that's going to make me feel better about myself every single day? And at that point, I wasn't really getting up um, till like 12 o'clock. So I was like, get up at eight, gr- um, make yourself a green juice and walk the dog. And I just did those things for like months on end. And when I felt ready, I would do something else. And I and so if that was way back then. And then I've got actually I have got a story about this. So when I was married to my second husband in 2018, I was unhappy in the marriage. And I just went, fuck it, I'm going to go to Bali. And I didn't have any money. But I was like, I'll figure it out. And I did. Um, and I went to Bali. And when it, there I start because I listen to something I listen to my intuition there is always a voice inside me and, and the clients that come into my world they tend to be listen or they know something is there guiding them I call it your soul but you can call it whatever you want so when I came back from Bali because I followed the pull I followed something inside me I made a commitment to myself in 2019 to show up every single day and get slightly out my comfort zone in 2019 and for me that meant that I showed up on Instagram every single day talking just about anything and I was crapping myself I was so scared but I committed to it for a whole year I did it I did it for a whole year 
and my life started to change. And then I put myself out and because I was showing up and I was doing something that was scaring me, I, I got more confidence and then I put myself out there and then I had a massive knockback and then I would be on the floor crying. I'd be like, oh, nothing works. And then I would pick myself up and carry on. And it's slowly, it's if you have this perfectionist attitude, it's all or nothing. And I'm an ex-perfectionist. That will keep you from trying and you are going to fail. You are going to make a mess. And so slowly, it was like this mantra. The, one of the first tattoos I had put on me was the word karma. And everyone says karma is what goes around, what comes around. But it's not. It's like I show up every single day keeping the promises I make to myself. I go to bed at night knowing I've done a good job. I release mm. all expectations of what the future may hold. And I trust that the right people, circumstances and events will come into my life when the time is right. I started saying that mantra to myself every single day in 2019. And I would say in 2022, which where we are now, I am gently embodying that mantra. It's like I show up, I do the best I can, and then I let go and I trust what is meant for me will find me. And the other thing as well is that um, life is full of seasons. It's like, I'm not going to be confident all the time. I'm not going to be upbeat all the time. I'm going to be moody. I'm going to want to hide away. And that's fine. And I have got to be able to wrangle a life so I can manage and live with my emotional rise and fall. Because um, I've got another tattoo on me that says, this too shall pass. Good times pass. Confident times pass. Sad times pass. Confusion pass passes ecstaticness passes nothing stays the same and the thing is again I was a massive control freak so and the reason why a lot of people are control freaks because they don't feel safe within themselves so they will contri control everything outside them people their emotions how their house looks how they dress and the thing is it is projecting like if that is um, in an order then everything is in order but nothing is in order life is chaotic and it's uncertain the only thing I can keep coming back to is myself and over the years and especially this year I'm cultivating more humility around things like I get excited about stuff but I know I have to come back down to a neutral point I don't mm -hmm. get attached to things so I don't get attached to, to like when I'm earning a lot of money it's like oh, okay this will pass because the less attached I get to the good things and the less attached I get to the bad things I'm labeling in duality but you know it's like I, I am training myself to come back to a real place of neutrality calm groundedness and I do that every single morning because I, I sit and contemplate the I Ching every single morning and it just reminds me it just goes humble bit humble get down on your knees get down on your knees and do the work and that for me is like really powerful wow I just heard in here do something scary which is a common theme that we have um from a lot a lot of our moxie partners that that come on um that is a common theme so I love that and I love that you just said this is what, what I wrapped up trust, consistency, do it anyway, and give yourself grace. Like that's, that was what yeah. you said in a nutshell. I love You that. know what really stood out for me too? I think people equate confidence with arrogance 
And I yes. think when you're humble is when you're able to be truly confident because mm-hmm. it's, you know, arrogance is the way you're presenting to the other, the rest of the world. Does that, is that really anything to do with who you really are? And, you know, I, I want to insert the word comparison because for me, that's where I will have a dip in my confidence. I will be on top of the world, think I've got this figured the hell out, you know, I'm killing it. And then I'll compare to somebody who is the next level. There's always going to be somebody at the next level. There's always going to be somebody ahead of you, someone behind you. So do you, do you really make sure that you don't compare Star? No, it's human nature. Human nature. It's like we're always going to compare. Oh, good. I'm so again, normal. It's like, it's, yeah. So it's like it, it's a natural part of human behavior to look outside the tribe and look to within the tribe. It is your ego that will find someone that is better or worse off than you. And the thing is, I did a huge live on this on Instagram the other day about I noticed I was stalking two women on Instagram and I kept doing it every <laughs> single day. And I knew I was doing it. And the words that came out of my mouth is, I feel really good about myself. I'm going to go and follow her and make myself feel shit because I know what I'm doing, right? But I kept doing it. And then one day I just went, why do you keep doing this? And so I sat down and I wrote it all out. And what I found for myself, so the thing is, it's like the recognition. And then, I'm, oh, I'm doing this. It's like, and I don't need to do it. And that's the thing. But I sort of kept looking at it and I picked it. And for me, I was... I looked at all the traits that were grating me in these other women and one woman was just, she was so unpredictable and I didn't like that. And I was like, oh, so you don't like unpredictability. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Um, And it was like, so it was something else that I could go in and heal. And the other woman, and she was out there and she was showing off her Chanel shoes and her fucking Gucci handbag. What I unpicked from that was she reminded me of the mean girls when I was at private school and I was bullied. Mm. And for me, as I unpicked that, there was a wave of sadness and grief that I'd held inside me. So I think there is information waiting for us when we keep comparing ourselves. So if you were one of my clients and you said, I, this is something that I do, I would sit down with you and I would unpack it until you would get right down to why you keep doing it. And then that is a healing opportunity. And the other thing as well is like a lot of my work, I'm just so unjudgmental. I just like, it's okay. Just go and do it and realize that it doesn't make you feel good. Um, but the thing is we have these patterns and they're addictive because also when we compare, we'll tweak up our hormones. So we'll get a little bit of a hormone rush, maybe a adrenaline a little bit of cortisol we get jacked up on that as well so it is it's something to really understand with real just so much i love what you're saying here because i'm thinking about you know how i do this and how it manifests for me and i and and gail is a stalker by the way (laughs) yeah i like i like i love Shut your mouth. How do you think I find all these great guests? I'm out there freaking stalking people on the internet. We have to check these people out and see if they're really interesting enough for midlife mugs. She's really good at it, too. I, I, part of it is completely pure. I'm attracted to very interesting people and people that live their life outside the box. And of course, I was immediately attracted to star style. I mean, she's got the big glasses. Y'all can't see her bald red lipstick, red hair. 
You're just fabulous. I'm just going to say that, girl. You are fabulous. <laughs> but you. let's go back to, you know, I love what you said because for me, I had a very bad middle school experience. Very bad. I was, I was, there were the mean girls. I remember their names. I remember the things they said to me. They called me frizz because of my hair. It used to be very kinky and curly. I remember those things. And, you know, when you said that about what are you, what's within you that's making us have certain reactions to other people, I think is those deep seated insecurities of, even though I've gone on to be successful in my life, I've, you know, my hair is no longer frizzy. Thank you very much. Um, but there's always that like, almost what if, you know, it can, and when we start comparing, we go, oh no, what if I'm really not, you know, as accomplished and successful and all the things as I think, what if I'm still that little eighth grader with no confidence, you know? So do you want to gently just explore this quickly with me? Oh, sure. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So just let me know how old the eighth grader is. Cause 12, 13 here. Okay. So she's 12, 13. And I wonder right here, right now, is she around with you at the moment? Can you sense her anywhere? Yeah, I sense her a lot. I don't always recognize so, her, but there's always a yeah. thing inside of me. And whereabouts is she in your body? Um, oh, that's a good question. I think, you know, in my chest, in my stomach, I feel hmm. that kind of presence. Okay. So let's just welcome her for a moment, just like you can say it internally and however you want to do this. And you're just going, hey, I see you. Hey there. I, I want to tell, there's part of me that wants to tell her, you're fucking okay. Tell them to go to mm -hmm. eat tell, rocks. Well, let, let's go, let's go slow and just, just let's check in with her and check in and how is she? How is she? She faked through not being well. She felt like an outsider. How is she now? How how is she now? Now, so as you sense her presence, how is she now? Hmm. How is she now? She's more confident now. She's more grounded now. She mm -hmm. feels like she has found worth in herself now. Um. Mm -hmm. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on picking it. So it's it's some it's so simple. So it's like let's I'm gonna keep on picking it. So you said you sense her in your chest and tummy, you sense her presence. And I wonder like how is she feeling right now in this present moment? What's her emotion that she can you can feel from her? The feeling that comes over me is the feeling of being at risk. Mm. of losing Thank it you. or going back to her there always feels like there's Thank a risk you. thank you take a moment take a moment and just take a deep breath in and i invite you if you feel okay to to stay with that feeling stay with that feeling there becomes you know a we talk a lot about oh what's the word of uh, you know, when we don't think when we're going to be found out, what's the word, Christina, we talk about all the time since Imposter. COVID, I cannot remember words. Yeah, there. I ask myself a lot of times, 
which Gail is the so real Gail. Can I, can, I, can I just invite you not to keep talking? Can I? Can, <laughs> Sorry, you're your asking to move in. the planets when you ask me to not talk. <laughs> well, it's like, so I want, I want to just recognize that you accessed a part of you and your brain kicks in and wants to carry on talking. And I really want to recognize that part and just give both of these parts of you so much love right now. And there is an invitation at some point after this show, whenever you feel ready, to really sit with your 12-year-old and just sit with her. Like you sit next to her on a park bench and you don't say anything, but you just say, I'm here, baby. I'm here. And I'm not going anywhere. And my mind wants to chatter and say so much to you and to like use my words and I don't need to because my presence is so powerful and I want you to know that you are so loved. You are so loved. You are so needed and I love you and I am taking such good care of you. Take a moment. You know, why does that make me tearful? Because this is you retrieving the wounded parts of you that we've left along the way of life of us having to prove ourselves, of having to go out there and fight our battles and to prove that we are successful, to prove that we are okay, frizzy hair or not. And yet there are parts of our psyche from earlier ages that they haven't caught up and they don't need to catch up. All they need to know from us, because what I'm doing with you is we're parenting your inner child. What they need to know is you don't have to change, darling. There was never anything wrong with you. There's everything right with you, and you can come along, and I am going to take good care of you. I really yeah. wish someone had been around to tell me that at the time. Yeah. And, and now you can, and you can tell her. You can tell her she is so beautiful. She is so wondrous. She's so powerful. She's so loved. Thinking about this, because I'm always thinking about how we change things. I know you're like, things don't change. I'm like, I'm here. I bet they're going to change. <laughs> you know, part of my what I'm passionate about is that we as midlife women, we do change the course for other women and other mm -hmm. girls. So how do we speak these types of things into our nieces, our daughters, our granddaughters, my husband's great granddaughter okay. yeah, in All a right. way that's so meaningful. If, and at the time she needs it, can she even hear it at that time? Right. You don't. How about this? Yeah. You don't until you can do it to your pieces of psyche that have never had it. So this is the work that I do. I help midlife women reparent their wounded 
parts of their psyche, their inner child. And this is what you probably see in me. It's like I'm, I'm quite a wholesome woman. And it's like these parts of me that are so wounded were so hurt. They know their love. It's taken me a long time to get here. It, they're so, but it emits from my very pores when I meet somebody. So I don't need to say anything. It's just the way I am. And remember, you know this energy speaks. Well, I always say it's energy, tone, words, and no one hears our words. You only have to tap, do this on a man, right? They don't hear your words. They will hear your tone and your energy. So when you're with, and actually I will share a couple of things. When you're with a young girl, it's just like you speak to her. Like it's, you speak to her as she is. You don't look down at her. You just celebrate her. Um, it, it's maybe not talking about her looks or just really, you know what? It's less that it's really listening to someone in whatever age mm-hmm. they are and just going, wow, I hear you. I hear you. How are you? And like just waiting to hear and listening for the nuances of the energy exchange. But I honestly think rather, I mean, I said we could do that on another podcast, but it's, it really starts with us and the way that we talk to ourselves. And what I've learned over the years is that women, <laughs> we're just, they're not very good at talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They you don't know, have it's interesting. Not, you said not, that because I'm sitting good. here thinking mm-hmm. that I have loved a others and cared for others mm-hmm. better than I've cared for myself during yes. a lot of seasons. Well, now, well, even and what our audience what don't know, doesn't know, we both got teary during this. And this is one thing I love about this freaking show. We never know what's going to happen, especially with like, <laughs> why, one like Why are you going to call me out? <laughs> no, because I want to know what you were thinking. I want to know what you were feeling uh, and experiencing about what Star was saying that got you so emotional. Well, um, because you know, for both of us to get that, emotional, yeah. it's deep. We're we're not yeah. those girls that go around <laughs> crying all the time. God bless those who are. But you yeah. know, and we hear a lot, uh, and we've had a lot of therapists and people on the show. Mm-hmm. So for something mm-hmm. to get to both of us, that's something pretty deep and meaningful. Yeah. Well, you know, I I love this exercise. My therapist actually has done this exercise with me, and um, when my when my dad passed away. I had to go and give the eulogy and I was really nervous and and I just started to feel that um that energy that of that 12-year-old girl having to fight for herself and fight for her dad and what it, it's just like this story that just kept replaying in my head and so you know my therapist was like well let's just take this 12-year-old girl where do you feel her same heart and gut that's just like where I felt her and 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 we walked it out and it was like, I got to hold her hand. I got to name her and I got to say, I've got you. Like there, there's a place for you here, but there's no need for you to try and protect me because I'm okay and you're going to be okay. And then the season that I'm in right now, which I'm not going to divulge on, on air here, but that's that's taking me back to that 12-year-old girl and saying it's going to be okay we're going to get through this and and so it was just like just reminding reminding yourself 
because all those all those things live with inside of us, right? They all do from small child to early adult to where we're at now. It's like all of those things live within us. And so just to take a moment and recognize that person inside of you. And I love to know that they're valid. Visiting with her rather than forgetting about her or stomping her down or compartmentalizing her. Visiting her and that kind of repairing star. I Mm -hmm. love that. Okay. So I have a few kind of quicker questions that we're going to end with. <laughs> and I love that you said on a future podcast, because that indicates your willingness to come back. And we love yes, our guests to come yes, back. We do. We do. And I think people are going to want to hear more from you. I think they may have to listen mm-hmm. to this a couple of times. But what do you think some of the biggest lies are that women tell themselves? Because mm. I think we're good liars. There's something wrong with me. One, there's something wrong with me. I can't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, The amount of times I've sat opposite clients, this is why I like being a therapist and a coach because I can blend it seamlessly into session. One of all my clients, when I take them up into an edge, they will say, I don't know. And what I do now is just very gently, I go, well, what if you did know? What if a part of you did know? And they always, and the same work that we just did a minute ago, Gail, where you you want to, all of us are up here all the time in our heads, but it's that allowing us to drop into our wisdom. And that's what you did. You dropped into your wisdom. Um, and so that's the, the two lives. There's something wrong with me. I don't know. You women do know. Like I said, women are capable and powerful. They just don't practice enough, or they're not surrounded by enough people that can open the doors into that power and capability. Um, and then I, I think actually I'm going to stay with two because I can go down some other tracks. Like I don't have enough time, but I honestly believe like I don't have enough time. I have done enough money, and I. No, that's true. Like, I have not had any money. And at at points in my life, I have had zero time. Um, And I hate all this bullshit around Beyonce has 24 hours in a day. What are you doing? I'm like, well, no, because I don't have Beyonce's life. So, no, it's, it's, I think it would, it's completely disrespectful. It's like everyone has got different issues, but I think Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me and I don't know. And I think if you started with those two and, and, I love the switch those. On those. Wow. Yeah. Those are massive because I, mm. I agree with you. I think we do know. I worked with women for about 28 years and trying to help mm. them build businesses and better their lives. And yeah. um, they lie to themselves a lot and they mm-hmm. tell themselves what they're not and what they cannot do. Yeah. And they yeah. actually can. Okay. Yeah. Next one. What, where would you tell a midlife woman to start on her journey to finding her true self? If you can see her face, guys. (laughs) Like, I think, because, and the reason I ask that is a loaded question. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of listeners. Does it have to, do we have to come to a crash and burn? Do we have to, you know? No, you've got to be what, you've got to want to do things differently because no one Mm. can give you that impetus to change. You've got to want, like, everyone that comes into my world is ready to do things differently. 
So it's like that feeling like I'm ready. Everyone that comes and signs with me and does private work, they go, I'm ready. They've been in my world for like three or four years. They're like, I'm ready now. So in the meantime. But women lie about that too, right? They say they're ready. No, no, no. It's it's like it's when they're ready. I mean, I'm not cheap, right? (laughs) So when women come to lay their credit card down and I swipe it, they're fucking ready, right? And I know <laughs> so they're, they're ready, ready and willing. Ready and willing. They're yes, ready and maybe. willing. But the thing is, in between that time, and you're like, oh, you're listening to someone. You're like, oh, there's more. There's there's more for me. But I'm not sure where I to start. Listen to podcasts. Read good books. Follow good people on Instagram that make you feel good. That don't trigger you. You don't need that in your life. Clean up your Instagram. Clean up your Instagram. Make sure no one is triggering you or you're getting annoyed with people. Get rid of them for now. Um, and then just keep absorbing. I say we're brainwashed by patriarchy, capitalism, our upbringing. Wash your brain with new information. Read good books, listen to good podcasts, and follow really good people on Instagram. And then they might go, I don't know who to follow. I'm like, trust the process. Start following a couple and then you're going to find more and then you will find more. It's a process. Oh, I, that's a proven. Like you go follow the one, look at who she's following. Look at who follows yeah. her. You will find the connected. I feel like I've connected with so many powerful and amazing mm. women just like you, just by that very thing. So exactly. one book you would recommend for midlife women. It's a shame mine's not written yet, really. Um, It's coming, though, and we'll be the first to broadcast it right on out. Thank you. Um, Do I just have to have one? Um, The one, the books that have changed my life, when I was 29, and it was about body image because I had a lot of body hang-ups, I read a book by Hirschman and Munter. Uh, psychotherapists and it was when women stop hating their bodies it would be outdated now I mean this was 20 years ago I read this book um, but for me it's always stuck with me and there was some amazing nuggets of wisdom around body stuff in there um, yeah I'm going to stay with that because it does stay in my head it's like yeah that was really good that book and I think there can be books that are just the one for you. It was the one that changed everything for you. Hmm. Gosh, Star, you have to come back. We're going to beg you to come back because yes. you just dropped so much. We had no idea where this was going to go. And we love that because we prepare these questions and we often wind up throwing them in the trash because <laughs> we love the show to take on life of its own and get down to who you really are and ask we don't want to just be the one that asks the talk so- show circuit questions. We want to go deep. And you really went deep. And you went deep with me. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you saying my name so lovely because I don't get a lot of that in the South of America. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just say my name to me over and over. Um, we appreciate you. And um, I, I know it's already a long day for you there in the UK. And you're just a bright light in this world, girl. You are a bright light. Thank you. And I can go tell everyone I had therapy today with a former stripper. Who's going to believe that? (laughs) You did. (laughs) You did. I love that. I I love it. I love it. So thank you for your time. Thank you for 
your willingness to turn your life story into something that helps other people. Mm -hmm. I think there's something very beautiful about that and for being so open with us. And so we're going to finish with that. And Christina, what do we always say? Until next time, go and get your moxie on. See you next time. Bye.